Real cool. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, I think I'm in. Super cool. Are you recording? I think so. Yep. Yep, I'm in. How do I sound? I didn't sound check myself. You sound you sound good. Good. Very good. Yeah, sorry I wasn't more um ready. No man, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm glad we got it in. Yeah, we're in. Now, how long it lasts is well, who knows. I yeah, I don't know what the hell we're gonna talk about. I uh, haven't haven't thought of it. Yeah. Oh, it's endless. There's endless shit. Endless yeah. shit to talk about. Right. I'm going to give you one parameter. Mm. Don't start with car stuff. Yeah, that sounds pretty legit. Right? Yep. All right. Don't start with car stuff. Right, because my whole life is cars, so it's like, duh. Well, yeah, I mean, and I usually, it's not that's not the usually the first thing that grabs my attention either. All right, here's one. <clears throat> so, um, so we've had some visitors lately. Mm-hmm. Like and ghosts, ghosts you're talking about? Yep, yep, we've had ghosts. Um, we've, we've had people come up for different reasons and, you know, visit and, whatever, and whatnot. And, you know, this house is awesome. And a lot of the appliances are great, too. Um, but I have this KitchenAid stove, right? When you say appliances, do you mean, like, the, the larger appliances? Like, the stuff I that do came, mean, came with the house? Or just, like, your blender and your toaster oven? I do mean the larger appliances. We okay. had to buy the washer-dryer unit. So that's besides this topic because of whatever. Yeah. Um, what what would you go with on the washer dryer? I bought one of those a few months ago. Um, we ended up going with the LG. Me too. Um, direct drives, um, which is kind of sick because they're basically inverters. Uh, they run DC motors and they're uh, they hook up to alternating current and just have inverters in them, which is kind of cool. So you your dryer is electric; it's not gas. It is gas, yeah. It has, um, yeah. It is. It is gas. It's gas because it has to be gas, basically. Because the house doesn't have the utility plug for it. Yeah, I don't have two twenty hooked up there. I mean, I could, you know, right? Yeah, wi- yeah no. wire it in, but no. That was just like that was the big thing that was standing between me because the house that I'm renting, they don't know what. Like, I asked the the leasing company. Hey, should I get an electric or a gas? Because like, I wasn't a hundred percent. I I was pretty sure it was gas because the outlets in there are weak ass like old nineteen forties outlets. So I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no way it's it's electric. And they're like, oh yeah, it's an electric dryer. I was like, that can't be right. Mm-hmm. So after a lot of hemming and hawing, I just rolled the dice because I was like, it, this is clearly where the gas line goes to the water heater, and I went with gas, and it works. So nice. There's that, but. Yeah, o- owning a washer dryer is, is probably one of the most adult things I've ever done in my life. Nice. Yeah, it's they're definitely nice units for sure. Um, I mean, I have no issue with them. I have an issue with something entirely 
different, which affects a lot of the appliances and things in the house, but that's another story. Um, what happens the, in the house? <laughs> well, so we had a power outage um, going a while back. And I advised that we not run the water. Um, and basically, long story short, why was, was that? Why? Because the well pump is electric. Okay. And there's a retaining tank downstairs in the basement, so it retains some gallons of water. Let's say it's ten. And so I said, "Don't use the water. Like that's just how that is. You don't run." the retaining tank dry and then you know allow the well once the power comes on to just run endlessly to fill that tank that's not how that works um but i was apparently overruled um and the tank went dry when the water came back on when the power came back on we had this amazing like sludge and like rusty water come back through because of the bottom of the tank the retaining tank had never been emptied so all the heavy metals had settled to the bottom of the tank this is a tank for your drinking water yeah what's the cleaning schedule for something like that supposed to be it's never an issue as long as you don't run the tank dry, because that can't that can't be right. If you yeah, if, if you're store right. if you're storing the metal stuff with the with the drinking water, regardless, like it's it's building up over time. So eventually, it's gonna be more metal than water, or at least enough metal in the drinking water to have consequences. No, it's the same reason why you when you make biodiesel you have to wash the biodiesel with water because and how little sense does it make that you're giving it a wash right what you're doing is you're making sure that the just like oil and water have two separate layers you're waiting for them to layer out when you're making your um when you're doing your final stage of like making a biodiesel from a um like let's say a waste oil right so a waste oil has all this junk in it to begin with but you have to do all of these processes until you get to the point where you can wash it and once you do that you're separating two finite layers so that you're able to skim off the top layer and it also uh you know, does something to like whatever the um, separates right, but, the the glycerin layer off. It's the same thing in water. Like all right, like min- but, minerals but, are natural in water. I understand your your no, concern of there but, being but, a but, concentration of these metals in a tank, but that's completely irrelevant. Well, like, okay, is, but okay, well, whether or not that's irrelevant, the explanation you just went through to explain it it doesn't disprove my question. Of separating it because you ended the whole building biodiesel aside by saying that you then skim a layer off of it 
So you're separating something from something by adding water to it. So you're it's it's not the same as letting two things live in one tank. My point is that the concentration changes so unbelievably minutely any given year that your buildup layer is anyway the whole point is the heavier stuff that's at the bottom as little as it is okay went through parts of the water system that i would never ever want it to go through right it went through the part of the water system that has to heat the house which sucks right and it went through a part of the water system that is our drinking water which also right. sucks right however i've had the water tested in the time that this has happened and there is i'm gonna just say no appreciable difference in the contaminants in the water before or after so it's like again just near as makes no difference it's the same mineral water that we had before we can get into uh well then are you going to be are you are you concerned at all then with it ha- doing anything destructive to those lines to your heating lines to your drinking lines well what's done is done because um and i should clarify i don't mean the heating lines themselves i mean the uh, boiler itself uh-huh. um because the heating lines have their own separate system okay. the regular water doesn't go through them right but wherever the water is going now that that metal has free reign to go through or did for an indeterminate amount of time is it are you concerned at all like oh i got coffee grounds in the garbage disposal like shit's gonna get fucked up now do you have to just descale or anything yeah i have to like get someone in here to like help me fix a bunch of shit Okay. So I have to clean out a bunch of lines or figure out how to put some sort of um like they have those like tablets and shit that you can throw in the tanks that uh-huh. like dissolve whatever in the lines. I need to do something like that because it is hindering the amount of time that it takes to heat up the hot water. And the hot water was it's an on-demand system anyway, but it has progressively gotten worse since this event, which was in the fall. So, it sucks. But this is not the story I wanted to tell you. The story I wanted to tell you has to do with my stupid range. And it's a basically a brand new unit. It's like... Your stove. Yeah. Okay. But I can't say stove in Vermont because I say stove in Vermont and everyone thinks I mean my wood stove. Yes, but I'm in Los Angeles, Joe, or uh, Lopez, so right? I would I would not make that mistake. So basically, well, I you know, I have to clarify for a potential listener, for our listener, <laughs> for our single listener. So and that person is listening to 2928. <laughs> Thank you for listening to 2928. Oh, should we clap? Oh, shit. Good call. All right. Three, two, one. Okay. All right.
So basically the stove is like brand new. I mean, it's 2012, 2013, something like that. Very nice thing. KitchenAid. It's got a convection setting. Okay. Is it electric? Um, it is. So everything in my house that runs on a, I'm going to air quotes, gas of some sort is propane. Sorry, one more time. I had to get a, a dog away. Everything that runs on a gas, air quotes, in my house runs on propane. Okay. Because we have a propane tank. We don't have natural gas as an option. All right. Because we're in the boonies. So I have a propane stove. I have a propane dryer. And it is electric and propane together. So it has a convection option and an option to just heat with just electric which is kind of cool. So I can do like, you know, whatever. Okay. This same power outage incident that happened, which was almost, it was like just over a day and a half that this happened, um, which is never an issue for heat because my wood stove will heat the whole house like quite easily. Um, the range we found out at this point does not, work at all because there's this solenoid that shuts off electrically so when you lose power or unplug the stove and your gas line is still hooked up you cannot light a burner separately so this was a huge downer for me in this stove because then at this point i looked like i looked at it like it was you know i don't know what's what's a good saying that insert here and i thought all right this is might be worth like getting rid of this damn stove for this one reason alone that it cannot function when i don't have power um who in their right mind would ever buy a stove that did this or that didn't do this i should say right so that's fine. I'm a little over that now, and I keep going. And then this... Is that built for some sort of code reason? No, it's just like the safety regulations thing. regulations or anything yeah, like that? It's, yeah, it's just the safety like, thing. It's like, like, like regulatory, yeah. I guess, yeah. It's, it's annoying because, I mean, I understand the whole point behind it, but it's just an electric solenoid. I, like, dove deep on the forums. I was like, can I override this thing? Um, and I don't think I can. So, recently, as recently as two or three months ago, this stove started sparking that the, like, you hit the light function, it goes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started doing this light function just by its own volition, just randomly. I thought, okay, that's weird. And I started fiddling with it in places with like a like a wooden stick and trying to like mess with the pieces that come out that give the electric charge to spark. And I got it to stop. That's fine, whatever. Then two weeks ago, um, my friend Colin is up visiting with his wife and i'm upstairs doing something and because i've cooked the past like two days 
Collins being a nice person and just cleaning a bunch of shit for me. Um, I didn't ask him to do it. He's just doing it. And I'm not going to say no. I've cooked the whole time that they were there. So, of course, I'm going to say, yeah, go do what you need to do. So he's cleaning. And all of a sudden, I hear the stove doing its light function thing. So I come downstairs and it's just not stopping. And I look at him and he's got his hands up in the air like it's possessed. I have no idea. And I pull the stove out. I unplug it. And I think, all right, well, here's the perfect opportunity to do this. I bring my tools from the basement and I just start ripping this damn thing apart. Because having, you know, a friend with you who can, you know, put stuff back together better than you can generally, that's a good time to take anything apart. So I start just ripping the stove apart, basically. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I can disconnect the burner that I think it is. And there is a way to do that. But then we plug it in, we test it, and it's still going. And at this point, he realizes that um, we have to go a little further and take a few more things off. So I go a little further. I have a picture of it somewhere of this whole thing apart. And what we realize is something that I never thought of. When you go to hit the light function on a stove, right, it lights all the burners at once. So the way it's wired up is the closing of the circuit is the firing. So when it grounds out, that is the closing of the circuit. So you're just giving it power and it's throwing a light to every single burner, no matter which knob you're hitting, <laughs> which I thought, all right, that's really a, that's a simple and inelegant solution but i guess that's how these guys you know decided to you know rig this shit up and at which point um colin comes to the conclusion of all right so here's here's what we do we snip the wires after the burner that's closest to the firing circuit so that <laughs> I have a, because there are five burners, I have a one in five chance of that burner being the broken button. Because we figured out it has to be one of these buttons that's broken. So I have a four in five chance of it by just snipping the, you know, the, the lines after the first, the first knob. The knob that's all the way on the right, the knob that's closest to the, to the, um, the little firing unit. So, so basically, that's what we did, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go for it." Because if it's if it if that's the broken knob, then we'll just wire around it, you know. And so now my stove functions perfectly fine, except for the right knob all the way is the only one that lights all the burners and to light like the left burner you have to do two knobs at once which is kind of a fun a fun thing to learn how to master wait how so. do you 
So wait, you have one knob that lights all the burners? Yeah, because all of the knobs function as lighters for all the burners. That's the way it's they're set up. They're just lined they're they're wired in series together or in parallel together. So there's one constant line going to every single one of them for the firing unit. So wait, do you have to light ever you have to light them all and then turn each one off? I don't understand how that works as a as a stove. Yeah, so 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 like okay, so let let's say I, I I chose the knob all the way to the left, right? On a normal functioning stove, when I go to the light function, it's lighting all five burners at once. However, it's only giving gas to the burner of the knob that you turned. Got gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha, that's gotcha. the only one that's gonna go on. But if I cut the so so that is to say i knew one of the buttons was broken and we decided that we'd snip the lines so that only one of them had the lighting function that way i had a four out of a five chance of choosing the correct button that was broken right so now to light that same left burner i have to turn the gas on on that left burner and light it with the knob that's all the way on the right. Understood. So, anyway, that was my fix, and somehow Kim seems pleased with that. So I have not ordered the $70 part that is required to fix this properly. Um, I also have not ordered the $14 part, which looks identical but is on eBay to fix this issue. Um, so, yeah, so that's my stove story. Um, so fixed, effectively. And that is, you know, I think the beginning of me being a homeowner. I'm just going to MacGyver everything and jerry-rig everything. All right. And then, in that way, I can just argue that i can never sell the house because no one could ever live here or you can't legally sell it because it's not up to regulation (laughs) it's a death trap but also that would be funny and true and whatever but it's vermont so the amount of regulation that actually exists here is almost none i told you that there's no building codes here right uh no but it doesn't surprise me like, my town has zero building codes. Like, I could just build whatever I want, whenever I want, at any time, for any reason. I Which, mean, it's cool. It, it actually just doesn't make any sense. Well, it you know, it's how everything was back before fucking 1972 or whatever. Oh, 1972. Oh, yes. So speaking of broken appliances, now we can go to small appliances. My coffee grinder is on its way out. Is it a burr grinder or like a spice grinder? What is it? It it is a burr grinder. All right. Uh, It's a Barazza Encore. I've had it for about three years. And 
I don't really clean it that well. Um, ever. And the motor is just starting to go slower and slower and slower on it, so I'm pretty sure it's just dying a slow death. So I have to decide what to buy this week. I think I might... I've been eBaying a lot of stuff. Um, Selling just, stuff on eBay or buying stuff on eBay? Both, but definitely selling more. Um, yeah. I've been... I've I've started started to go hard in the eBay world lately. Um, just because I have all this extra shit that I collect and I'm trying to see if anything's worth anything. Yeah. It, it's funny because, like... Um, yeah, there's so much shit that's actually worth tons of money that I always forget that I have. Um, and, uh, oh God, yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd. I, I, I've been selling, um, this is not me talking about cars, but I've been selling speedometers, um, older speedometers, and those go for a lot more money than I remember them going for. So... I have like 10 of them. Why? Uh, because they're worth money and I picked them up from a pile of junk speedometers that someone was like, well, why would we need all these speedometers? And I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll take them. And they've been selling on eBay for like 50 to 70 bucks a piece. Like hotcakes. It's not like hotcakes. It's like you list one and then it takes two weeks and then after two weeks time someone puts in an offer for like like i sold one for 78 i sold one for like 65 and i sold this last one for 55 the price is going down because you flooded the market well no i only put one up at a time right but each time after it's gone down in price there's 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 fewer people looking for them yeah, I'm because I'm you're, selling you're filling to those the needs. People. Yeah, I'm selling to the people who are looking. What you should do is put two on under two different uh, accounts and uh, see if you can generate some sort of uh, competitive pricing on it to build interest in the two. Oh my god, that's not legal. It's not illegal. I mean, I'm not saying you're not doing anything to to drive the price i'm just thinking maybe if people had options you could maybe test the market more to balance it out so you don't see a 10 percent depreciation in the item you're selling over uh three like every sale you know i mean i'm okay with it i don't have it all thought out i just feel like you know coke and pepsi burger king and mcdonald's if they knew that there was another option out there, maybe there was some way. I don't know if it would include you doing some sort of package deal with your other trash, but <laughs> I feel like you could build interest if not. Maybe you couldn't get more money for them, but maybe you could benefit in the long run by actually building a eBay store brand name. By you know, you could be essentially the 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 VHS to the Betamax of your other store. You know. Everybody needs one to, to, to root for, you know, like Deep Impact and Armageddon or something like that. Yeah, 
I mean, obviously, Deep Impact, right? No, dude, what? No one, <laughs> no one watched Deep Impact? Everybody watches Armageddon. Oh, you mean Deep Blue Sea? No. Have you seen all these movies? I've seen Deep Blue Sea. Why? LL Cool J? I thought it was Samuel L. Jackson. They're both in it. No way. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson dies, spoiler alert, and LL Cool J lives, also, spoiler alert. Wow. Yeah, no, I I saw that one because that came out when I was working at the movie gallery. What's a movie gallery? It's like the, like, podunk blockbuster. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I worked there for, like, two months. No, not even. A month? Yeah. The movie gallery. Movie gallery. Yeah, it's totally out of business now. There's no way there are any left. Sounds really weird. Yep. Um... I'm not against your, like, dual eBay store thing idea. However, it is difficult enough to have one eBay store to manage, and it's not feasible unless you had some other person who was, like, in cahoots with you. You couldn't actually manage two of them yourself. Well, if if you're going to do cahoots, I think that's going to be illegal. I think you got to stay away from cahoots. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't start a new eBay store now. I couldn't start a new eBay th- name now because it's so much work. You have to like sell. You're only allowed to sell like there's so many restrictions on a brand new seller. Like, it's one of those things that you had to get in when I got in. You know, I've had an eBay account since 2005, so I was 19, I guess. Um. And basically, I just bought and sold things the whole time, but like small things here and there. And then I sold big things when there weren't any really restrictions on the things that you could sell. So, you know, now that I have like a rapport built up, I could totally sell a car on ebay for example but you would never be able to sell i think they have like a limit of um like a few hundred bucks as like a value of something you'd have to sell shitty little things like 25 times before you built up enough rapport so that people knew that you were you know a legit place right does that make sense but i feel like you have 25 pieces of shit somewhere that you could sell on there right oh totally yeah so why don't you just make one in Kim's name and use a different mailing address? Right. They can't, uh, what is it? They can't try a, a husband and wife for the same crime. That's not how that works. But <laughs> I don't, I still don't think we're committing a crime here. Um, it's the internet. None of it, none of it matters. None of it matters. It would be like they would shut you down based on the principle of like you'd be using the same uh, um, IP address. So, you know, no matter what, they're like, oh, well, this is two different eBay accounts. Two people don't live together under the same house? You're saying Kim couldn't have her own eBay store because you have an eBay store. (laughs) 
no but like when they when someone manually reviewed it and saw that they each account had the same exact things and they were pricing stuff out of market so that they were uh, price fixing oh my god you're not price fixing though it's all it's auction based isn't it you can you can know that yeah but the 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 items that i sell i typically don't do auctions i typically put them up for buy it now prices with um the option to make offers um buy it now is good for like normal stuff that you know might not sell for 30 days because it might take 30 days for someone to actually come across it um because your stuff is so unwanted um niche but, it's it's so niche yeah but if like i have uh i've started to put a couple books like books that i get at the dump um i've started to put those up is is i'm sorry much like range is stove in vermont is dump yeah. library <laughs> um nope dump is dump you yeah. should not be you should not be getting books at the dump man dude i'm gonna send you some they're amazing do not do that i don't want them do you read books i do not dump books i don't need i don't need anything from a dump have we <laughs> have we not talked about the dump books i have never heard dump books before and now i've heard it five times and i've said it twice in the span of two minutes dude okay so okay so dump is going a little far but what it it's it's like where i got the jugs jr right maybe it's my own personal biases but mechanical equipment salvage stuff that's all fine when i equate it to a dump Okay. But when I think of reading material and yeah. books and paper, maybe it's the like the biodegradable nature of paper okay. that makes me shy away from dump books. <laughs> okay, well, so let me let me let me paint the picture. We're gonna dumpy, stop. Dump, I, dumpy I, decimal system. I say. Did, I you, say did you find? Dump. Did you find it by looking for the dumpy decimal system? No. Damn it. I I say dump. But what I really mean is transfer station. What's what's a transfer station? (laughs) It is exactly what you think, what it sounds like. It is the station where you bring items locally. It's like your your local dump. Is it a train station? No. But none of the items get, like, actually processed at that location. Zero of them. So there are different, you know big huge containers and different trucks come in and bring them to the actual like facilities so if your transfer station is just your most local and centralized per the town or per the you know three towns neighboring or something like that so um so our our, this is our transfer station our transfer station has the building this like barn structure which is the give and take place where i got the jugs jr i also got a couple of um vintage tools today which was kind of cool um including a vintage sander 
which I didn't test, but I should have now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but I was thinking, it, you know, there's another thing that had like this cool little art deco look. I have no idea what the hell it is. Um, but from the 50s, you know, metal kind of tools, you know, might I mean, sell well on eBay. I have no idea. I'm going to try, though. Um, the whole point is to go get something for nothing and try to sell it for money. Mm-hmm. So, think. so there's there's that building that has all of that stuff. I mean, there's uh, there's skis, there are mugs. It's like a little mini Salvation Army. I understand. Yeah, except for everything's free. Oh, you know? well, that's that's not bad. Little radios, things like that. Okay. Um, definitely lots of lamps. If I had no one to live with i would take every lamp i love lamps um so then there's this little tiny hut where the guy sits and collects the money the money hut the money hut yep the the money hut that's the only hut that has the little propane heater too so it's a heated money hut and then there's like the other side that has where you put the trash, the compactor, and then there's the recycling in the compactor. And then there's separate bins for, like, big, larger items, like if you want to throw away your refrigerator. Um, and then there's a separate bin for just tires. Is there, uh, and like, ha- do they do hazardous waste there, too? No, okay. absolutely not. They don't do, you know, you can't do batteries. You can't do, you can't do literally anything uh that's considered e-waste right um but next to the hut that has like the trinkets and stuff on the left um there is a book trailer the trailer was definitely lived in at some point by a human are you sure you didn't just take someone's personal books no was it the guy who was working in the money hut and that he lives there? No, no one could live there. It's it's full to the I mean it's full to the brim with books. So why this, would you go why would you go into a trailer that has no way to move around or escape? The door is always propped open with a cinder block. Right, but I've in my head I'm picturing just this bigger on the inside than the outside labyrinth of stacked books and old newspapers no it's quite small you only okay so picture this think of okay so right now just so you know what i have pictured in my head yeah there's a barn there's a hut there's a trailer yeah and i think two compactors yeah and some bins yep and a man who counts money and uses the money to buy propane to heat his hut. Yep. Who doesn't live in the trailer. Definitely not. He brings his truck. And there's a cinder block. Yep. Okay, I got it all. Okay. Um, the barn itself is not that big that holds all the crap, but it has, like, nice lofted ceilings. It's like an old little, like, was once 
maybe like a little hay barn or something like something to store stuff not, nothing crazy like you like could hay. Fit maybe you'd, you would store hay there you would store hay there like you could you probably wouldn't really be able to fit like like if if all that shit was gone you might be able to pull one car into it maybe what's the saying make hay is that that's a saying right i don't i don't know i make, you can't ask me about sayings well i i'm I, n- I never get a chance to talk about hay with anyone so this is the first time it's naturally come up yeah you what do you mean i mean you just haying is part of rural life make hay all right make hay is a saying it's an idiom what does it mean to take advantage to make the most of an opportunity chicago better be careful about turnovers or you can be sure the defending champs will make hay in those situations we'll be able to make hay with so little traffic on the road i see so it's going off of the idea that haying is easy do people do people need like hay is it in demand yes Hay is necessary. And it comes from grass. Yes. So maybe it means like, oh, we had a really good rainy season, so the grass has grown. Let's make hay. No, I think it because comes maybe from... It could, be like a, it could be like a dust bowl term. Like I back, think back the way you're they, describing when, it... When they couldn't make hay because there wasn't any rain during Grapes of Wrath and stuff. I mean, I guess. Well, let me let me just say a couple of things. I think I think it has to do with you're making something out of nothing. Like you're taking something that's natural, that all you all you really have to. I mean, it's tons of work, but all you really have to do is cut it and bale it, and then you have hay, and you don't. Shouldn't tend, you? Dr- shouldn't you don't you dry- tend to it. Shouldn't you dry it before you bale it? Yeah, of course you do that. Otherwise, it's just gonna rot on the inside, right? Yeah, of course you do that. You gotta get that moisture out. Yeah, you you so okay. Do you, so you, it's, it's it's a Rumpelstiltskin situation. What I'm saying is like you're you're yeah. If you want me to tell you the process of haying, it's very simple. You. I think I just we I think we just did it. You you cut grass, you dry it, you bale it. How do you dry it? In the sun. Yep. You have a machine that actually flips it like pancakes more or less yeah there's like a like the little like the little um but before the industrial revolution they didn't have a machine to flip it so that's probably where like the pitchforks and stuff came in yeah i'm sure they were doing it by hand i mean or doing it with oxen and like metal slaves probably slaves no probably like ox or donkeys you have to like basically all you have to do is you have to go row by row by row of what you've cut and you have to make sure it's flipped but you also have to choose a window there's such a there's a huge science to it because you know and that's where the farmer's almanac comes into play right there's a science to it because daylight savings time you don't want to leave it out there when the sun's lowering too early right no you don't want to you don't want to cut your hay a day before it's going to rain so you need to have right. about two to three days of stretch where it's you like know it's going to be market. sunny 
if you don't want to you don't want to cut your grass and then it rains for six days because then the value of the cut grass will go down and the potential you would have had to grow that much more grass from the rain is 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 a missed opportunity it's the same thing as the stock market on a good year you only get like in vermont you only get three cuts yeah and you don't want to lose them so you got to make the most of that situation you got to make hay all right so picture picture this trailer that is like do you know like do you know those cute little like Hold hold on when they cut the grass yeah so when I mow the lawn, I don't like to leave my trimmings on the grass most times. Right. So when they cut the grass, do they mm-hmm. leave it in place to dry on the yes. grass? Yes. Isn't that affecting future growth? Future hay? No. no. I mean, probably, but so minutely that it doesn't matter. Because it's only staying there a certain number of days. Also, once you cut, the grass underneath that dead grass is still trying to grow. So the minute that you pick it up eventually, it'll grow. Grass doesn't die when you cut it. Yes, it does. Like the cut part of grass does, but the part that's still living in roots is not dead. That's true, yes. So what are you saying? I'm saying that the, the, the living grass underneath right. is still trying to find the light. So it's still it's still growing and trying to find the light. But the minute that you pick up that dead hay from on top of it, it's just going to be happy and, you know, grow with that much more fervor. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like the margin for error there. I feel like they should have a paved area, and they would probably dry their their, their cut grass a lot quicker. The only margin for error is when you hay at the wrong time, and it rains. Or you can't hay because it's been raining too much. Uh, I mean, you could have an indoor drying facility. Oh my god, I don't think you can. Plus, these days they do all the baling that they do. Um, they'll like when they collect it. They like they like immediately wrap these bales in like big things of plastic. These days, yeah, it looks like marshmallow farms. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What the fuck is hay for? Hay is Horse- for feed. horses. It's yes. for like feeding horses and cows. Yes, that's stupid. <laughs> Is it stupid? That's so dumb. Okay. I mean, why is it dumb? Why don't they just... Why why, why don't they just have the animals eat it from the ground? Why is it got to be dried? Because what do they eat all winter? Oh, so this is like jerky for them. This is grass jerky. Yep, it's grass jerky. Yep, yep. They're the jerky. It's how we get jerky. Jer- it's a jerky cycle. It's the it's a jerky cycle. This makes a lot more sense now. It's <laughs> it's grass for the months where the snow is there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if they like fresh more than they like dried. Like, would you rather have beef jerky or would you rather have a nice steak? 
well, would you rather be spoon-fed or would you rather walk in a field all day and try to find a good piece of grass that someone else hadn't eaten? Well, no one's eaten the hay beforehand. That's what I'm saying. The hay is like being spoon-fed ice cream, whereas, like, you know, you being sent out into a field to go find a good spot is like, ugh, you know, birth already got there. Yeah. I don't know, but you like to go out to eat with friends, don't you? I guess. There's so some, how, there, are lot, do, there are lots of loners, man. Cows sometimes are loners. Sometimes you, they're chilling together. How do you together. know they're not like, oh, maybe I'll go out to the oak tree with Bertha. We love we love the grass by the oak tree. How do you explain that brown one that was just in the middle of the road that day? I almost killed that, myself. That brown cow? Yep, how now? How do I explain it? It was probably trying to get to a better like the grass is always greener. There's yep, she didn't tra- Yep, she was going across the street. She just couldn't find her way there. She was like, I can't make it. Might as well stand in the road, wait for this guy, try to scare the shit out of him. Grass? Hmm. Alright, hay is for grassless months. See? You ever you ever know something as soon as you hear it, but you're then you're surprised that you never actually had that realization for your entire life? Yeah, so why would you think of it? I mean, you know, there's so many things in this world that, like, you know, why would you think of that? There was a moment, I don't know, like six months ago or something, we were watching something on TV, and they started talking about fingerprints. And I had this epiphany, and as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I knew I sounded like an idiot. But... As I was saying it, it made sense in the point of realization. I apparently, for most of my adult life, thought that fingerprints were all the same on a person. And as soon as I said something that alluded to that being my my stance, I realized that, oh yes, every finger is probably a different print. (laughs) Right. And then I started thinking, wait, so are both my index fingers the same index fingerprint? <laughs> and it's just thoughts that like surprise me sometimes because I'm an adult and I've I've probably had conversations that have dispelled should have dispelled these thoughts from my head in the past, but it's well, sometimes you don't get there. It's knowledge that, that that you don't recall on a daily basis, so I surprise myself sometimes. That's amazing. So yeah, I guess. I mean, that's fully understandable. I'm neither a criminologist or a farmer, so. Oh man, I don't, I can't believe I don't have a picture of this. Ugh. I can't. I'm. I was looking for a picture of the of the trailer just so that I don't have to explain it to you. Yeah. Um. I'm the son of a third generation farmer. I've been married 10 years to the farmer's daughter. I'm a God fearing, hard working combine driver, hogging up the road on my b- 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 plower, chugging, lugging, lugging five miles an hour on my international harvester. 
lined up behind me like a big parade. Of late to work, road rage jerks, shouting obscene words, flipping me the bird. Well, you may be on the state paper. I'm a God-fearing, hard-working, combine driver Hogging up the road on my b b b b flower Chugging like a lug at five miles an hour On my international harvester Well, I know you got your own deadline The cussing me won't save you no time, horse This big wheel I'm a God-fearing, hard-working combine driver Hogging up the road on my b b b b flower Chugging, lugging, lugging five miles an hour On my international harvester Working combine driver, hogging up the road on my b b b b flower, chugging, lugging, lugging five miles an hour on my internet. 